comes a gym, here comes a gym, here comes a gym from MM. Mickey about to drop a gym, 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 here comes a gym, here comes a gym, here comes a gym from MM. Mickey about to drop a gym, Mickey about to drop a gym, Mickey about to drop a gym. Okay, now listen up. What's up, guys? It's Mickey, and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. How is my BK fam feeling? How are you guys doing? I love you guys so much. Let's jump into this week's episode. So I want to start off by saying that, as we all know, I do self-work and I reflect and try to get to the core and the root issue, blah, 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 right? We know I do that. And I'm sure other members of my BK fam are doing the same. We're trying to be out here, be better people. I know we are. Whoop, whoop, applaud, pat on the back for us. One of my self-discoveries that I found in doing the self-work is I didn't realize how much of my behavior and how much of my uh, choices in life have been decided by fear because Fear doesn't always look like, oh, I'm afraid I can't walk, you know, or I'm like, think about going through a haunted house, right? And some people are so petrified by fear that they stop, like they can't keep walking through the maze or walking through the haunted house. So fear doesn't always look like, hey, I'm so afraid I can't walk. Sometimes fear can look like, hey, I'm afraid of messing you up, that I'm afraid to have children even though knowing that mistakes happen regardless because we're human beings and I don't know how to put it, but really trusting yourself and looking at yourself the same way that God looks at you. Like, I feel that you are worthy of being a mom. I know that you are equipped to be a mom. And I want to say that you should feel better about it. I want you to see yourself how I see you because I would never give you more than you can handle. And you caring enough to not want to mess them up, to not want to traumatize them, to not want to just fumble the bag as being a parent, that shows, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but that shows a different level of love and empathy and responsibility within itself. And who wouldn't want a parent that cares enough to try their best to not fumble their children, not drop their children? There was a really good sermon. It is from the Rock Church, but it was his brother Darius, Pastor Mike's brother Darius from the Rock Church. Um, in Birmingham, Alabama, did this wonderful sermon about, I don't remember the title of it. If I can find it, I'll link it in this week's episode for Sermon of the Week. But he had a phenomenal sermon about what do you do when, you know, you are basically affected by a drop and you didn't even drop yourself, like someone else dropped you and you have to kind of deal with the repercussions. And he did a great job at breaking down what it looks like, like what happens when you're crippled and you didn't even cripple yourself kind of thing. And I think that's kind of like the perspective that I have when it comes to parenting, messing up their mental, messing up their childhood, not raising them right, messing up their hearts, messing up their hope 
not teaching them the right way to be trained up in the right way in faith kind of thing. Just messing up their outlook on life. You know, I feel like I feel like God put a different level of empathy in me when it came to babies and also put a different level of fight in me when it came to babies. Like a lot of people, they'd be like, they're just kids. They'll get over it. They're resilient or they'll go to therapy. They'll be fine. And yes, therapy is great. You know, I'm an advocate for it. We'll, we'll try it. But at the same time, I just don't want to be the reason that they need therapy. And sometimes I feel like me going so far in the opposite direction will still push them to need therapy or to need some kind of like help in some kind of way, some kind of resources, because mom was so intentional about not dropping us that she fumbled us in other ways. Like it was almost like an overprotection and overdue. And I worry about finding that proper balance. But even with the worrying about finding the proper balance, I've let fear just dictate overall. Like it's just not for me at all because I'm too afraid to fumble them versus still try and then know it'll all work out in the end or pray it'll all work out in the end. Because I can't say I know I'm not sovereign. I don't know. I think another thing fear has me doing is pushing me towards isolation. I think about certain situations in my life that have been repeated patterns or situations that have been told to me over and over, brought to my attention, and it's stuff that I've tried to move forward on and from and just work through, and it will stop me from building connections with those people or going to those people when I need help just because I'm, in my mind I have thoughts like, you remember what happened the last time? Or you remember how they handled it the last time? Do you remember what was said to you the last time? Do you really want to be that dumb? Do you really want to be that stupid? Do you really want to make the same mistakes? And I think there is a balance between, because you can forgive a person and still not go back to them for advice or help or anything. I think there's a balance between not only forgiving them, but also letting giving them the opportunity to see, can you handle the situation a little better? Because maybe that person needed to mature more, or maybe that person was just as afraid as you. I think a lot of situations, well, I'll say some, some situations that are negative in my life, I'll look back on and I'll say, okay, in that moment, I could only take in, this is how I felt. This is how I felt. This is what was happening. This is what I felt kind of thing. And then you go back and you reflect and you think, I never thought about what the other person was feeling. Was the other person afraid? Was the other person trying to protect me? Was the other person just not understanding what was the shift in dynamics? And so it was bleeding out in other ways kind of thing. Like really reflecting and trying to see it from the other person's perspective. I think it has to be a balance with that, if that makes sense, right? And fear has been blocking me from having a certain level of community from past experiences that I've had. And it's made me more prone to isolate, which we know I love to isolate. I love it. But I think the enemy knows that I love to isolate so much and he uses that to his advantage 
to make sure that in times when I really need community, I'm so focused on, I got it, I can handle it, or I'll just take it to God. And it's nothing wrong with taking it to God. I'm always going to take everything, big or little, every single thing, every single relationship in my life, every single situation, I'm going to take it to God. There will be things that people will be like, you talked to God about this before you did that? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like I communicated with him that this is going to be done. I've already made this decision. And I'm not saying he may have been proud of me for some of the choices that I made. I'm sure he would have wanted me to make better choices, to protect me and to love me. And just, we got to think about God as a good loving father, right? So he tells us certain things for our protection. He tells us certain things so we don't have to experience certain hardships and pain. And I will say that the things that he has in place for us to wait for, or there are certain things we need community and stuff for, or to not always self-isolate, he has these things in place for a reason. And I feel like my love of isolation has almost worked against me. And even though I may have used it for a protective mechanism, or I may use it because it feels more comfortable to only have to take in my emotions and not carry my emotions and other people's emotions and everything. It's a setup. It's a setup. I don't even realize how self-destructive I have become because I um I was looking at it as a method of protection when really we have to reflect on what methods do I use as protection? that no longer serve me, right? And so that is what I had been doing. And I had realized that a lot of my decisions, whether it was, do I wanna become a mother or not? Do I do I wanna, you know, and trust certain people in my community with different secrets? There are some things that no matter how close they are to me, I hold them and I, I hold it in and I deal with it by myself. But there are certain things and certain issues that I wish I had community to go to like other people. Like they'd be like, oh, so this and this happened or they make a joke about certain things without going into, you know, too many details. Like there are certain everyday characteristics, um, not characteristics, there are certain everyday situations that the average person, and I'm a female, so I'll say female go through that I handle alone for the simple fact of of past experiences and also seeing other people's experiences and being like, oh no, I'm going to shut up. I'm going to hold it to myself. I'm going to try to figure this out by myself. And it's not to say God won't guide you because he absolutely will. And it's not to say that he can't help you because he absolutely will. But he tells us that we need community as well for a reason. And so as I was reflecting, I was basically seeing how my love for isolation, the enemy was taking advantage of it. And he was making sure that I fed into my love for isolation. And in me feeding into my love for isolation also caused me to have a certain level of loneliness. And it's not like, oh, I don't have people to hang out with. It's not that kind of loneliness. It's The loneliness, what it feels like when dealing with problems or handling certain issues. And my community that is there to help me 
which I always say is a blessing because everybody doesn't have it. I highly encourage if you don't have it, pray to God to align it. Don't, I mean, yes, go out and, you know, try to find it yourself. But even when you attempt to go find it, make sure you pray about every single person, male, female, child, older, younger. I don't care. Every single person in your community that you're going to get advice from, make sure you pray. Because even sometimes the people in your community, they love you, but they may not be in a place or the mental headspace to give you the best advice. We're all going through different things. And as PD would say, sometimes your community needs you to carry them. I can't carry you anymore, or I can't carry you right now. I shouldn't say I can't carry you anymore because I can carry you again. It's not that I've carried you so much, I'm going to stop carrying you, period. That only happens with me if you're no longer in my life, but I will carry you again. But sometimes I just don't need to carry you. Sometimes I need to be carried. And I feel like we all need to reflect on that. Like how often am I having to carry other people and they're not carrying me? Or how often am I having people carry me and I'm not available to carry them? We want to make sure that as much as we need our community, we're being there for them as well, right? Like that's the whole point of a community. You lift me up. I lift you up. Kind of like the whole scripture about the, we all work together. I need my hands. I need my feet. I need my eyes. I need my nose. I need my head. I need my brain. Like all of this forms and connects and works together for a reason, right? I mean, it's just, it's the way God designed it. And he was so intentional about it. That's that's one of my favorite things about God. I don't know about y'all, but that's one of my favorite things about God is how intentional he is, how kind and loving he is. But his intentionality, you just can't make it up. In the design and the creation of the world, he was intentional. And in telling us the things that we need to survive, he was intentional. The way he decided to create my body to function, he was intentional, right? The way he designed each of our personalities and different characteristics, none of us are the same, but it was intentional. The different gifts and purposes that he put in each of our hearts, and he hopes that we'll be willing to fulfill them. He's not going to force us, but he hopes it intentional. The way that he approaches approaches the relationship with us about loving us and caring for us, it's intentional. It's all intentional. And I can't remember the episode that I talked about it on, but if you guys remember, that was one of the lessons that I said that I was trying to work on was to make sure that I'm not only intentional with my time and more disciplined with my time and everything. I mean, because I'm pretty good on that anyways, but Remember how when I was really, really busy, I said that I lacked, I didn't make enough time for God and reading my Bible. And it's like, yeah, I may get my sermon in or whatever, but am I being intentional about my prayer? Not just like a, a drive-by prayer, like, hey, God, I'm good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need this, this, and this. Oh, yeah, thank you, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Not like giving him drive-by prayer, but really sitting down and giving him a certain level of intimacy. I have practiced that. I have been working on that. And I felt a closer intimacy with my relationship with God. It grew, it got stronger, it was better. However, when I became really, really busy, I felt like I was giving him more drive-by time attention or no attention at all, let's just be for real. Drive-by, some days were drive-by and then other days it was none. It was like, okay, this is a habit, which is good to have this habit. I said my prayer in the morning, I said my prayer in the night. Did I even talk to him? Like I had to start thinking, did I talk to you throughout the day like I used to? Because me talking to him throughout the day 
reminds me of his presence. No matter how good the day is, no matter how bad the day is, I can give thanks in the midst of all of it. I can make, if I'm aware of his presence, then I can, it feeds my soul differently. It makes me look at outcomes differently. It makes me want to make different choices when I'm aware of his presence in every single moment. It may give me more courage where I may be controlled by fear in other situations when I'm aware of his presence. And like he told me, he was like, look, you see how busy you got with this one thing? Wait till I start lining your plate with A, B, C, D, E, and F. It's not going to be healthy for you. And if you aren't the best version of yourself, that means not only are you not receiving it, but everyone else around you isn't either. Everything is about balance. But I just love the intentionality of God. And like I said, even the way he approaches us, because he didn't make me feel shame. He didn't make me feel condemned. He just made me, it was like a little like, mm, okay, you're right. Like, thank you for that nudge. You're right. Thank you for that revelation. You're right. I need to make sure that I'm not giving you drive by time because our relationship was stronger when I was devoting time to you, whether it was in the morning, whether it was in the night, whether it was a different routine. And that may look different throughout the days. If you're at work Monday through Friday, you can't necessarily, you can be aware of his presence and talk to him and pray with him, but you can't, depending on the job, you can't necessarily always read your Bible at the job kind of thing. If you're a parent, if your kids are in sports and different things, if you are a caregiver, you know, for family members and stuff, you're busy. Like human beings are busy. I, even if it's something that I didn't name, all of us are freaking busy. And everybody loves to tell people, well, you should have time for this. I just think mind your business because God didn't give me more than I can handle and I don't need you adding on to my plate. Because he already gave me everything I can handle and everything that I need. He's also given me the amount that he's given me and the time span that he's given me to make sure that I gain everything out of the season that I needed to. I also think God is very intentional with not only the amount of stuff that he gives us at one time, but just the way he distributes it out over time. You know, like when we think of Job, Job got it back to back to back to back. The man got so much bad news in between, guys. He couldn't even have a moment to breathe. Do we ever stop and thank God for when he gives us one piece of bad news, gives us time to process, gives us time to grieve, and then something else happens? Sometimes we can have the perspective in life of, oh my God, it's one thing after another, which it can feel that way. And I mean, in a sense, it kind of is, right? But do we ever thank him for the moments of, Thank God you let me breathe for a second. Thank God you let me catch my breath. Thank God that I'm not Job, who was a blameless man, a blameless, upright man that got some of the worst grievances and things happening to him back to back to back back he couldn't breathe before he was finding out he lost all his flock he couldn't breathe before he found out his children were dead he couldn't breathe when he found out he was losing his riches his family his everything he couldn't breathe he didn't have a moment to breathe people were bringing bad news back to back when one would finish another one would open their mouth and start saying it i think sometimes we need to be grateful for the moments where god lets us breathe He's intentional about not overloading us. And I think even though Job's was back to back to back like that, he knew Job could handle it. The people who didn't want Job to handle it well were the people around him. His friends were trying to talk 
to him and say, maybe it's something you did. Maybe it's this and that. His wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? And I think it's so easy to be judgmental, but PD gave me a whole different perspective of her because sometimes our loved ones and our people and our communities that we have hand chosen and picked to love us, to care for us, to be there. They see our pain. They feel us in pain. They see the turmoil, right? And they'll say things, maybe not in the exact way, but it has the same tone as why don't you just curse God and die? And PD reminded me of how easy it is to be in Job's wife position. So be careful about judging her. I'm not saying she was right. And I'm not taking up for her just because she was a wife. Because if it was the shoes were reversed, if the wife was in Job's position and Job had said the same thing, I would still say be careful about judging him. Because when you see the person that you love and so much pain and you feel like it's coming from a God who's supposed to love you and protect you. And in the same way, we look at it from Job's eyes, but nobody really pays attention to the mama lost her babies too. The mama's lost everything too. The mama is watching her husband that she loves grieve on top of grieve and she's grieving in the midst of everything. And all she can say in that moment out of pain is curse God and die. Wrong advice, but understandable. And so sometimes people in our inner circles may give us the wrong advice or may give us great advice, but say it in a hurtful way. They're coming from a place of pain. They're coming from a place of emotion. And sometimes we have to be careful and not punish the person for what they said in a temporary moment and label them as this is who you are at your core. I try to remind you guys of that because that is something that I struggle with. I have to make sure I don't look at any human being, whether they are in my inner circle or not, that human being is not their mistakes. I don't want to be looked at as my mistakes. I don't want to be looked at as this is all who I am. Like this, this defines me. The things that I mess up on, the things that I may say out of anger, the things that I may say out of emotion, erases all my good deeds, erases all my help, erases all my my love that I've given. I don't want that. Maybe in that moment, I need a little love. Maybe in that moment, I need your faith to be stronger than mine. That's what we need from our community sometimes. Sometimes we need the community's faith to carry us over. And I don't mean worldly community. Like, okay, there are different examples, you know, that we see on social media where the worldly prayers and the worldly communities keep people afloat. Yes, I'm not saying that. But I mean, when I think of communities, I'm talking about like inner circle, our core people. Sometimes they will speak out of anger. They will speak out of emotion, out of the sorrow of consistently seeing you in pain or it triggering something in them and being like, this made me feel some type of way. And it just reminded me of the pain I went through. And then it crushed me even more to not only for me to feel my version of my pain, but then see it on you as well. Sometimes we got to just step back and look at the overall picture, but that can be hard to do in the moment. So hard. But I still encourage my BK fam, let's look at it. Let's step back and let's see, did the person say this from a place of emotion? Did the person say this from a place of pain? Not okay. Should they work on being better? Yes. Should we all work on being better? Yes. But that is where grace comes in. That is where forgiveness comes in. And again, God is intentional 
about telling us what we need, about telling us how to love each other, about telling us that if we don't love ourselves, we cannot love each other. He's so intentional about everything. I could be here all day talking about how intentional God is. That is one of my absolute favorite things about God is his intentionality, right? So that's my point, you know? And I bet everybody was like, well, what the hell was the point? I had a couple of them. I hope y'all followed along, okay? But that's my overall point of just really, I wanted to point out how fear was stopping me in a multitude of areas and how I had to check that. And I was just glad that God was giving me that revelation of you're letting fear stop you in so many areas that, and I could really list off more ways that fear was stopping me, but y'all get the point right? Fear was stopping me in so many areas that not only was it changing me and making me isolated and making me feel alone, but it was also opening the gateway for the enemy to use it to his advantage. I didn't even see the enemy and I was setting it up for him. Like it wasn't just life happening. Like I was setting the, I basically left the door open for him to do what he needed to do to give me the feeling of loneliness, something that I pride myself in was also creating a negative habit for me. And so I guess what I want to leave everybody on is not only check your fear and, you know, give grace and blah, 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 all that good stuff. It's fantastic. Do all of it. But also what I would say is the power of reflection as we talked about before. And I just want to make sure that we all ask ourselves this week, what methods did we use for protection? that no longer serve us. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this week's episode. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. I hope this made sense and it flowed right. I hope so guys. I love you, my BK fam. And I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye. Speaking for